Welcome to Kelly Counts Macros Podcast. I'm Kelly Mozzie, mom of two, wife to a Yankees fan, a lover of exercise, nutrition, handbags, and all things peanut butter, popcorn, and chocolate, not to mention homemade puppy chow. I'm on a mission to transform the lives of busy individuals who are frustrated and overwhelmed. I get it. You're tired of endless Googling, saving, and pinning on social media, trying to figure out how to permanently lose weight, have tone muscles, and feel comfortable in your own skin again. You've tried it all and are ready for the last stop on the dieting train. I'll give you a virtual hug and a kick in the bum to kickstart your goals while enjoying pizza, wine, and chocolate. I'm glad you're here. I hope you stick around a while. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm super excited to chat with you about this topic. I think so many can relate when that darn square plastic box keeps giving us a number we don't want. I want you to grab a pen, paper, water and coffee, or take a walk with me. Stay until the end because I want you to write down at least one thing for me and post it on your social media and tag me so that we can celebrate. So today we are going to talk about why you are not getting the results that you want. I have a lot of clients who come to me and you know, the first week is great. The second week is great. The third week is going okay. And then they start getting frustrated with the scale. So we address this issue first, realizing that the scale is not the end all be all. There are so many more non-scale victories that we take a look at. But then I also address 10 things that they may not be considering or are unaware of or are just not doing. So the first one would be accurate tracking. You must be weighing all foods that you consume in grams. Grams are my preference. Of course, if you're out to eat and you order a steak and on the menu it says it's an eight ounce steak, go ahead and track it as eight ounces. You don't need to be taking your scale to the restaurant. Measuring liquids that you consume in milliliters or fluid ounces. So if you have a glass of orange juice, be sure that you're measuring it in fluid ounces. A lot of times what I find my clients are doing is they are eyeballing. And when you eyeball, that's where you start to get into trouble because a lot of it and a lot of you just not are that good at this yet. So eventually you will be. And the tracking, as I say, it's just the training wheels. But for now, weighing your food and measuring your liquids is key to success. So stop the eyeballing. You're just not that good yet. Number two, not tracking everything. So what I mean by this is a few M&Ms here and a few M&Ms there as you sit and watch your son's baseball game. Or perhaps you walk by the pantry and you're hungry, so you reach in and grab goldfish or some Cheez-Its. Perhaps you're cutting up your child's dinner and there are some extra pieces of steak and you're starving, so you shove them in. Perhaps they have leftover mac and cheese, so you decide to eat that. And then maybe when you go out for meals and you've paid for the meal, you want everybody to eat everything on their plate, or perhaps something looks good on your child's plate. So you start eating the rest of the fries. Can anybody relate to this? 
So this is what I mean by not tracking everything. This will add up throughout the day. You are doing this without even realizing it most of the time. For instance, I realized this a long time ago when I was making my children's lunches. I was working part-time. I used to be an ultrasonographer, but I was home a lot. So as I was, you know, cutting up their peanut butter and jelly and Ben didn't like the crust, I would cut off the crust and then eat part of it or all of it. These extras will add up throughout the day. So this one time I was watching Good Morning America and they had a guest on with a nutritionist and the nutritionist had this guest put everything into a Ziploc bag that she was going to eat that she really didn't need to eat. So fruit snacks, crusts, fries, nuggets, pantry snacks, candy from her desk. So at the end of the week, they took all of this food totaled it up and it was over 2000 extra calories. So a whole day of extra calories, this will definitely cause you to stall out or plateau as we say, or gain weight. So this was eye-opening for me to see that my belly is not a garbage can and that perhaps If you tracked all of the food that were just a bite here or a taste there and put them into a bag and added them up over a week, it may be a whole nother day's worth of eating, worth of calories. Number three, going out to restaurants too often. Even with nutrition facts available online, you're not the one in the kitchen making or weighing the food. The McDonald's worker or Burger King worker in the back is definitely not weighing any food. As you know, you go to different restaurants and one time you get a burger and it's humongous and has all these toppings. The next time you go, it's half the size, half the cheese and half the toppings. So it's not super accurate. You know, the workers are not back there typically weighing your food. Chefs typically aren't weighing your food either. So going out to eat multiple times a week leaves you with less control over what you consume. So typically I would say limited to one to two weeks at most if you are in a calorie deficit and want to lose weight, it's just more accurate. It's easier to track when you have control over what you're eating. Eating out is a normal part of life and it doesn't need to be avoided, but consider this, try to just eat out one day a week if you can, or go to the McDonald's drive-through with your kids, but pack a protein bar and eat that because you want to enjoy a meal out perhaps with your husband for your anniversary that same night. You know, this is where your choice should be. I call this a non-negotiable. Dinner with your spouse is more enjoyable than housing a Taco Bell burrito because you're in a hurry. Um, Perhaps when you go through the drive-thru, you can just order a Diet Coke and eat when you get home. So limiting going out to restaurants too often is my tip number three. My number four reason why you're not seeing the results that you want, not aligning your food choices with your fat loss goals. Be willing to sacrifice and give up a few treats. Give up a couple glasses of wine. Perhaps you don't need that glass of wine during the week to wind down. You could trade it in for tea and really enjoy that glass of wine with your girlfriends at happy hour on Friday instead. 
Perhaps you can leave that stale Walmart donut after soccer practice because you're going to enjoy a dessert with your wife at dinner on Sunday night. Just eliminating a couple of these per week saves so many calories. Eat one cookie instead of three. Have a plan for when you go to the baby shower and there's that big, long cookie table full of gorgeous, yummy cookies. Make a rule for yourself before you go. I'm just going to have one cookie instead of three. Perhaps you're going to a picnic with friends and instead of having four drinks, you're going to decide to have a plan and only have two drinks. So this is how you align your food choices and your beverage choices with your goals. Um, You don't know who's making the dessert. You aren't going to ask cousin Amber what Aunt Judy put in the baby shower cookies. Uh, And who is possibly pouring the drinks? Possibly heavy handed. These are harder to track. You're not quite sure what's in the dessert, in the snacks, in the alcohol, and they add up very quickly with very little nutritional value. You hear alcohol is empty calories. Well, there's definitely not a whole lot of protein, which keeps you more satisfied in desserts, alcohol, or snacks. So align your food choices with your fat loss goals. Number five, now we touched on this a bit, drinking too much alcohol. Alcohol causes mindless eating. I call it the drunchies, the drunk munchies, okay? Alcohol provides empty calories and then makes it easy to overeat that day consuming alcohol and food. Sometimes it spirals late into the night and then possibly into the next day. So all of these extra calories add up. Alcohol can be tricky to track. It's much easier when you go out. I suggest ordering something that's in a bottle or a can. Top tip here, bottle or can, because nobody needs to make that drink. You know for sure how many calories are in it. As opposed, if if you go out to dinner with your family and you order a tequila type drink, Is there one ounce shot in there? Is there two ounces? Typically, a normal drink has 1.5 ounces. That's one shot. So it's just easier to order something in a bottle or a can when drinking alcohol. Of course, when you're home, you can measure and track correctly when you're home and you're enjoying your wine. Perhaps you can make a wine glass with the ounce measurements etched right on it. Um, I know they sell some on Amazon that you can just order, um, or you can make your own. You know, typically when you go out to eat, a glass of wine is supposed to be five ounces. But at home, you have more control and know for sure when you're consuming five ounces. So perhaps you need to make yourself a little DIY goal to make your own wine glass with the ounce measurements right on it. I would use a measuring cup that has ounces on it, fill it with water up to the five ounce line, dump it in your wine glass at home and make a little etch where five ounces is. Heck, I would probably mark each ounce. So one ounce, two ounce, three ounce, and you can figure it out. That way you can also eventually get better at eyeballing it so you know how to track when you order that dry red wine that you love when you're out with your wife at your favorite steakhouse. So perhaps you drink a lot of wine and you do go out a lot. 
If you practice what a normal pour looks like, then you'll know how to track your wine at restaurants. Number six, the same old exercise routine. I'll tell you a story about myself. I was a runner. It was cheap. It was free and it was easy. I could run out my front door. My kids were very little and it was the easiest thing for me because I didn't have a whole lot of time, but my body adapted to it. I would run and run and run. I would log all of the miles on my Garmin watch write them down in my planner and not see any change in my body. So my body needed to be shocked. It was time to switch it up. So once I started macro counting and started strength training, that is when I started to see the toned muscles, muscles in my arms, my abs started to pop. Your body needs to be shocked. So the old saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you don't change up your exercise, you will not see different results. Your body can adapt. I highly suggest picking up some weights and getting a good strength training program into your schedule. I want all of the cardio queens out there to listen up. Cardio is so good for your cardiovascular system, but not so much for body composition change. So if you want to find your muscles, or have the toned muscles, as people say, you need to add in the strength training plus the macro counting to get you the results that you want to go from frustrated and overwhelmed and over-exercising to confident and loving what you see in the mirror. Number seven, not eating when you're actually hungry, especially your first meal. Eat your first meal when you're actually hungry Not because grandma said after the rooster crows, we need to eat breakfast an hour later. Many people out of habit, especially breakfast, they just eat it. You know, it is a myth. You don't need to eat breakfast to get your metabolism rolling. Choosing to eat your first meal for the day when you're truly hungry. This helps later in the day when you may want to have or enjoy a snack or treat, or when you're actually hungry. This leaves room for when your body is saying, I'm hungry. But if you eat your breakfast too early, when you're not really hungry at all, it's kind of a waste. So you can push that first meal back a little bit and enjoy your breakfast when you're ready to. Number eight, not following the 80-20 rule. Now, this isn't really specific, and I don't really know how to track this exactly, but 80% of your food choices coming from whole foods that fuel your body, complex carbs, fruits, veggies, chicken, shrimp, ground beef, tofu, whole foods that have either walked on the earth or were grown from the earth. This The 20% can be the fun foods, right? The chocolate chip cookies, the chocolate bar, the glass of wine, the piece of pizza. Whole foods just tend to fill you up more. They satisfy you more. Uh, They also make you feel better. Your body feels better with whole foods in it. So choosing to eat a wrap packed full of protein and yummy veggies over two Twinkies You know, that wrap full of protein and veggies will keep you full for hours over the Twinkies. Feed the Twinkies, you're going to be hungry in a half hour or less. So eating the Twinkies is definitely a recipe for disaster, for hangriness. 
There's nothing wrong with eating Twinkies. I'm not saying that. I'm just letting you know that your body will not stay as full as long and you'll get hungrier faster. Number nine, not hitting your protein. Hitting your protein will keep you satisfied. It will keep you from becoming hungry. It also preserves all the lean muscle mass when you're in in a cut. It also has a very high thermic effect of food, the TEF. So with protein in your body, you're actually burning more calories just by metabolizing it and getting rid of it. Um, If you have not set your protein goal yet, typically I set my private client's protein between 0.8 to one times per pound that they weigh or their goal weight, depending on where they're at. So sometimes I will set it a little bit lower if they are vegan or vegetarian or just don't like protein, but typically 0.8 to one time per pound that you weigh or your goal weight, depending. Okay. Um, A little bonus, if you hit your protein and eat more protein, it reduces nighttime cravings. I have so many clients that come to me that have nighttime cravings. They do well throughout the day, then dinner comes around and dinner and after dinner, there's lots of cravings and overeating. So typically they're not eating enough protein. Number 10, you're actually not in a calorie deficit. I can't stress this enough. If you want that skill to move down for actual real weight loss, you don't need to exercise more, get on the treadmill more. You need to be in a calorie deficit. So if the scale is not going down, and I'm not talking the day-to-day, but over time, your calorie intake is higher than what your body needs. And lots of times what I see with this is that people follow a healthy eating routine during the week from Monday through Thursday. However, when the weekend rolls around, it's a different story. We might not track our intake or indulge a bit too much. If this sounds familiar, it's like, erasing the calorie deficit you work so hard to build during the week. Remember, effective weight loss isn't solely about exercise, okay? It hinges on what you put into your body. If you consistently consume more calories than your body requires, that scale won't budge. This isn't my opinion. It's grounded in scientific principles, And it's not tied to any particular diet plan. I can't stress this enough. Achieving real weight loss requires one concept, a calorie deficit. I know I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. A calorie deficit simply means you're consuming fewer calories than your body expends. It's the key to shedding those extra pounds. So if the scale isn't moving, and I'm not talking about daily fluctuations here, but over time, it's because your calorie intake consistently exceeds what your body actually needs. Now, number 11, this is a bonus reason why you might not be seeing the results you desire. In my honest opinion, this is a crucial one. Uh, It's a point that I emphasize with my clients repeatedly. It's about being realistic with your weight loss journey. Many people get fixated on that day-to-day number on that scale, expecting it to drop consistently. But here's the truth. Weight loss isn't linear. It can be influenced by so many factors, water retention. You have to poop. Speaking of watch my mini cut on my Instagram, it's in the little bubble. 
beneath Kelly Counts Macros. It's the very first little bubble. Watch my mini cut. Um, I weigh my poop. You, you maybe you've eaten more carbs. You've had more sodium. There's hormonal fluctuations. Instead of getting caught up on the daily readings, the daily numbers, look at the bigger picture over a month or more. Now, here's where I want you to get out your paper and pen, where the meat and potatoes, where the golden nuggets and the gold mine will be revealed. Non-scale victories. I want you to listen, reflect, write down your non-scale victories. Take a picture of it, and I would love for you to tag me on social media so we can celebrate. These often get overlooked, but are the true game changers. Non-scale victories encompass various aspects of your journey. It includes progress pictures and measurements. When was the last time you measured your waist? Have you noticed your rings fitting better? Are those jeans a bit looser? Can you fit into those jeans? Did you go down a size in those pants? These are all signs of progress and they matter so much more than what that stupid square plastic box says. Non-scale victories aren't even confined to physical changes. They extend beyond the numbers. Perhaps you developed a healthier relationship with food. You conquered binge eating or you've navigated your weekends without feeling out of control. Maybe your joints feel better, your mental clarity has improved, or your mood is on the upswing. If any of these are resonating, write them down. These victories matter because they're about the quality of your life. Are you lifting more at the gym, walking longer distances, Simply feeling better in your own skin, in your daily life. Can you walk up the stairs without huffing and puffing? Can you lift up your grandkids? These are all victories worth celebrating. So as you continue on your weight loss journey, remember that it's not just about the scale. It's about building a healthier, happier you. I want you to pick one or more things that we just went over or something different perhaps, and tag me on social media at Kelly Counts Macros. I hope you found this episode valuable. I loved writing it. Um, If you did, would you let me know by giving me a review or a rating and hitting that follow button so that you don't miss out on a single episode that drops every Monday. As always, you're always doing so much better than you think you are.